0: hello everyone welcome back my name is jeff mendelson and this is the one big tip podcast my guest today is chris lalamia who is a successful entrepreneur author of the book from the zoo to the wild your guide to entrepreneurial freedom and wealth and podcast host of the small business safari in 2008 chris started the trusted toolbox a home repair and renovations company that has grown into a multi-million dollar handyman and remodeling company in atlanta georgia His secret sauce to growing an award-winning company during the Great Recession is to solve a problem for your target audience to set yourself apart from the competition. Today, Chris shares his unique leadership approach and actionable tips to growing your company from beginning to six figures and beyond. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Chris, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show.
1: Hey, looking forward to it. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, uh, to share whatever I've got to offer.
0: Beautiful. So I have a lot of questions for you, especially in light of the, uh, of the industry that you're in and you have a successful podcast as well, but you're also pretty locally oriented, albeit that you're, in a, that you're in a very large metropolitan area in the US. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes you so awesome.
1: I don't know about the awesome part, but I try hard. Uh, So born and raised in Michigan and went off and became a mechanical engineer. actually went and got a master's degree in it. Figured that's my path. That's where I wanted to go. Went off into the manufacturing world, but slowly learned, because I learned everything very slowly, clearly is that I wanted to get into business for myself. So I have to go out and get some business skills and ended up at a company called Accenture now, which was Anderson Consulting at the time. Found my way into banking, and from banking, I rose up in the ranks at a, a super regional bank here in the southeast called SunTrust, now Truist, and had that job that everybody covets. I had 400 people working for me, corner office, fancy car, country club lifestyle, and I hated it. I flipping hated it, and I couldn't stand it anymore, and I was 35 years old at the time, and I wanted to figure out what I could do with my life that I could actually feel like I was fulfilled. So I started a company and then this wasn't my first thought, but I went ahead and started it in 2008. And what is it? Well, it's a handyman and now a handyman remodeling company. But I started right in 2008. And if you remember what 2008 is like, that was when the recession hit and I had no clue it was coming and it was going to be as hard as it was. So you can have those first four years back, but here I am 14 years later, uh, surviving and and hopefully thriving. Uh, Now I've got 32 employees. We do everything from bath and kitchen remodeling to to the handyman work around the house. So where I'm in today is I'm, I'm running this, uh, this year will be a little over 5 million in revenue uh, business. I also have started a training business called the Home Service Institute to help other companies like mine and Home Service train our guys in the field. Because for me to scale, for me to be a big, as, as big as I can be, I need people. I can't come up with a slick Uh, technology solution. I can't have robots go out and fix doors in people's houses or fix leaks in people's sinks. I have to have people doing it. So we have to train. And with the training that I do today, I find that now I'm more in the remodeling business and handyman business, but I actually spend most of my time doing training and reinforcement of our processes because to do it in today's world, man, you've got to do it much better than you used to. Uh, The internet's out there. People can see YouTube. People can see HGTV. You can go out and Google it yourself, maybe do it yourself. And so when somebody shows up, they got to figure out how, why, and how and why you're going to be better than them. So today I spend a lot of my time kind of managing all those guys.
0: You know, what's really interesting about what you pointed out. So you started your business right at the beginning of a recessionary period in this country. And once you finally got past all that, you had a few good years and then boom, COVID comes around. So that shut down a lot of things. And now that everyone's coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of their, You know work from home you know bits lo and behold all of the materials that you're using and uh, you know the people that you need in order to fulfill these jobs is becoming harder and harder harder to come by how do you manage through that you know you know especially like you know in these past six to 12 months We've seen a lot of, you know, so many vacancies, uh, you know, for this type of work, you know, we see, uh, you know, wait times for, you know, for construction jobs and cost of materials skyrocketing through the roof. That has got to play havoc on your ability to fulfill customer expectations.
1: Yeah, one of the big things I tell everybody is that if you want to get into business for yourself, you got to wake up every morning and say, I'm going to solve a problem today. I'm going to solve multiple problems. And you're going to do it with a smile on your face because it gets tough. Uh, it is tough. You're, you're right. When COVID hit, I, all I could see was that I was going to ride my business down. And I, I didn't think I would go out of business because we were deemed an essential business to take care of people's houses. And as people were moving back to houses, we had to take care of more of them. So we felt like that was a good spot, but it went down for two months here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. But then we picked back up. I was on a, a, a panel later on uh, virtually, and I said, man, I'm finally in the right spot. After being at this for 12 years, I'm in the right spot. And what happens next? I can't find people to do the work. And then the materials go absolutely bonkers. Uh, The Ukrainian crisis that's going on with Russia is a good example. Uh, Today, a lot of our cabinets are actually ripped up here. We, We take down the trees, send them to Ukraine. Ukraine will then make them look like cabinets and send them back to the U.S. Well, we can't do that anymore. So you can't get those cabinets. That's just one of many examples That we run into so each and every day is you're solving problems and if you're waking up thinking i don't want to solve a problem today that's going to be really tough and so that's what i've had to deal through and right now i have all the numbers in my head for pricing from three and four years ago and that's completely off and i'm our number one sales trainer so i've got to fix my training methods right
0: (laughs) it's interesting that you say that because not only are you trying to solve problems for your own company. You're trying to solve your own, you're trying to solve problems for your HR, you know, for your human resources. You're trying to solve problems for your cost of materials, and you're trying to solve problems for your audience, right? Those are a lot of different people to be managing, people and things to be managing. What's your secret? Like, how do you manage through that, but then also be able to position yourself as the expert in your industry in order to be successful?
1: Well, you said something great. Number one, uh, I believe that nobody's ever an expert in anything, especially when it comes to homes. I learn something each and every day, but I think I have developed entrepreneurial ADD. Now I have a good friend of mine who says, oh no, honey, you've always had ADD. So what is my key or my secret? I love to have variety in my day, but as long as I can structure the variety and put people in positions to be successful underneath me, then I can go run around and do those things. Good example today, I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm having a blast doing it, but I've already had been to a customer's house to look at a window and a problem that's 40 feet in the air. I've already been uh, in one meeting to talk about our P&L statements with my finance group. And then I've also interviewed one other uh, new employee potentially, and I've got two other employees or potential employees coming in, but I have my team interviewing them right now. And then later today, I'm going to have our team come in and we're going to do a little happy hour and celebration as some of our summer interns are going to take off and go back to school. So, I love having that variety and that variety actually just talking about it right now it gets me excited. And if you get to do that, you get to use all of your brain. You get to use the right side, the left side, the back side, the front side. I love it all. So that's been something that I enjoy and I just don't sit there and look at a spreadsheet all day, or I just don't sit there and try to figure out how I'm going to position my group to be, Uh, successful or relative or relevant rather in uh, a big corporation. And that's the best part about being a small business owner. I'm not in some big corporate monolith and the big zoo. I am now out in the wild running around. So, you
0: know, what's interesting is that, uh, you know, I wanted to touch a little bit about your podcast, right? So you do a podcast and you have a studio set up. So you invite people to come in to your studio and talk shop and also, you know, just, you know, shoot the breeze. And, you know, like you said, have a few drinks while you're, while you're having it and, you know, make it a lot of fun. But uh, how do you use then uh, this podcast as a vehicle to help further the mission of the handyman business? Like how are the two related? Because I can see a number of synergies in terms of like, you know, sales trainer and being able to, you know, uh, train your team, putting together videos, things like that. But there's also an outward component. Talk to me about that and how that, uh, how that makes your job so much more interesting.
1: The reason I wanted to do the podcast was I went ahead and wrote the book called From the Zoo to the Wild and that was escaping the corporate zoo and going out there and betting on yourself to run your own business. And it's a scary and daunting proposition and breaking it down into small digestible parts, I think is helpful. So that was one of my audiences. The other audiences, you know, when when you're in the home services space like I am today, professionalism is, is something that needs to be even more thought of. And if we're all better at it, it's going to make all of our industry and all of us better. We're going to be better if your HVAC, an electrician, your plumber, and your handyman do things the same way, which we call our customers before we show up. We text before we get there. We tell them what we're going to do. We do what we're going to say. We get them to solve it and you just start talking about all these different issues that you have and sharing that with other people, we all get better. So I didn't do it completely altruistically. Um, I would like to help people in training because I think the training that I have in my company has really helped propel me to the size I am now and, and actually reduce my stress. Believe it or not, as we've grown, I've gotten better at quality. My guys do a better job in houses than I ever could. In fact, I told uh, a, a lady yesterday that she said, are you the one who's going to be doing the remodeling in my bathroom? I said, Oh, believe me, you don't want me doing the work in your bathroom. You want my project managers because they are way better at what they do than me.
0: What I find is really cool about this is that it, it seems that your focus as a CEO is not so much, you know, like you said, you're not wrench in hand. You don't, you're not carrying around the tools, you know, making things happen. And the people uh, that you are employing to go out to your customers, they, they are actually representatives of your company. So you can't be in a hundred different places at once. How do you help ensure, you know, like the quality of how handyman A is going to do a good job in X neighborhood versus handyman B, who's going to do it in Y neighborhood? I'm sure there's a lot of dynamicism that goes on in, in that. But what kind of tricks can you share to help keep, you know, your service level at a consistent level in order to really increase the name of how you guys are performing, you know, your business?
1: Yeah, I would say this translates across any industry and any business. However, I'll talk about what I know best, and that's developing a professional culture in a handyman business. And how do you do it? We do it through consistent training. We bring guys in to the office at least uh, every other week. And we talk about the customer service aspect because a lot of times, especially today, what you're going to hear in the home experience and if you've got a DIY nightmare, everybody has one, uh, or you've got a contractor nightmare story, everybody has one. And what does it usually start with? Either lack of communication, lack of expectation setting and not fulfilling the expectations that were set. So those are those three things that happen. The quality of the work may be amazing when you're done, but the customers today, if the experience wasn't as good as they had hoped it would be, and they don't even know what it was going to be. So you have to set that expectation. So we train the guys to let them know that it's in their best interest to call the customer, text the customer, tell them what your plan is. Because a lot of these guys, they just want to get to work and show off the artists that they are. And that's what these guys truly are. And I believe it too. They are artists, uh, what they do in the house. I tell them actually, it's the voodoo that we do. They do things in people's houses that a lot of people don't even understand how it happened. I didn't know how you could fix that door. Oh, I didn't know you could just take that part of the window out. There's lots of little things you learn and that happens in everybody's business. And if you can empower your people and your company who are the face of your company, and that's why I tell them every day, guys, you're the face of my company. Nobody is buying from Chris. I don't have Chris's face on a billboard. I don't have... Chris sitting out there and all the marketing material, I have trucks and you guys, and you guys are the face of my company and you will benefit more by being empowered to take care of that customer.
0: So what's interesting here, uh, you know, you didn't exactly say it, but you certainly alluded to it strong enough, is about the brand, the brand uh, that you are projecting, both in terms of the, you know, the shirt with the the logoed shirt that you're wearing, the wrap trucks that you have your team uh, driving around in. And the, you know, the consistent service level that, that each handyman is instructed to, is instructed to give to, you know, to each customer, whether they're coming to fix a lock or whether they're coming to redo a kitchen. Right. So now part of what you need to do there, you know, like you said, bring them in for training. What does some of that training look like? And do do you ever get people that are like, oh, geez, I don't need this, you know, and sort of like blow it off. I, I would imagine that somebody like that does not last long in your organization.
1: Absolutely not. The culture that we have in our company is so strong. Uh, and you have a culture in your company, whether you know it or not. And our culture in our company is, I'm out there doing my thing because I'm an artist. And But really, I feel like I am a lone wolf out there doing what I could have done anyway. But the trusted Toolbox has given me the ability to go out there and do it and make my job easier. So with our artists, what we really focus on with them is that if you follow what we do, you will actually get more personal and professional satisfaction and more success and do what you need to do, which is take care of your customers. I'm glad you brought this up. One of the things we do know about the guys we have is that if I call them out directly and say, Hey, look, man, you didn't clean up that drywall dust in that customer's house. And they're mad. They're like, Oh man, it wasn't me. It was the other guy. But what we found is we put an avatar out there and his name is Tommy Toolbox. And Tommy is the guy who sits there and gives us the side eye and says, man, I've been doing this for 20 years. You can't tell me nothing I don't know. And I can do it my own way and I don't have to do what you're doing. I'm going to wear my ratty jeans and I'm not going to show up with a clean truck and I'm just going to go in there and do the work because that's what I do anyway. And those are the guys who get, they basically select out of our company faster than we have to fire them.
0: Amazing. It's great that you have this almost self-selection process you know, for being able to convey what it is that you're expecting from them. And if they can't, you know, if they can't step up or they can't figure it out, then, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, you're really not going to last that long here. Right. What happens after the, uh, what happens after the visit? What kind of follow-up, what kind of automation do you have that, uh, stays in touch with the, you know, with the customer to make sure that they were beyond thrilled with the work that you've done and to, possibly help generate repeat business.
1: All right. So number one process that we have is all of our guys ask for a review at the end of the job reviews, as you know, uh, in your digital marketing experience and watching it over the last 20 plus years that you've been involved in it, reviews become a big thing, especially for local home service providers like me. So the reviews that are sitting on Google out there tell us how good we're doing. So number one, we, we have the guys get a card out and ask for a review. Do they do it hundred percent of the time? Probably not. Man. I mean, I know it I'm trying, but it doesn't happen. So what do we do after that? Well, we add them to our newsletter list and we stay in touch with them with a monthly newsletter that not only is a video for me talking about what's coming up, talking about new trends in houses or things that you need to be worried about, but it also gives them the opportunity to go, Oh, wait a minute. That's right. The trusted toolbox was here last month. I need them back out for something else or in a bad case, gone right. Uh, hey, they came out. I didn't really like what they did. I wonder if they'll come back and fix it. And yes, we will. We have a one-year warranty on what we do. So we're a contractor that puts ourselves out there and says, hey, man, if you didn't like what we did, we're right here. We're going to make it happen. But it starts, number one, with our technician at the end of the job saying, let's walk and make sure that you like the artwork that I just did. And we keep pounding that and pounding it and pounding it is that you're really an to show off your artwork.
0: Amazing. I love the attitude. I love the swagger that you're putting out there, you know, because it's, it is so needed uh, in this industry. And it's such a human to human hands-on approach. I think, you know, the biggest analogy for me that comes to mind was I remember one time I needed to get to the airport now, you know, this was, I knew about Uber, but like I didn't download the app yet and I called a taxi, right. And then some pirate taxi shows up at my house, so which was a different company, but I just didn't want to get in the guy's car. Right. And he was just like, oh yeah, we all steal fears from each other. And I'm just like, yeah, okay. So, you know, I dismissed him. I downloaded the app and then boom, $15 to get to the airport. Yeah, I'll take that. And I got to the airport in a nice car with a nice conversation and everything was great. And I'm like, yeah, this is why taxis are going out.
1: Right. You, You hit on it. You got to, you got your destination. You got to where you wanted to go, but you enjoyed the journey a lot more in that $15 $15 ride in a nice vehicle with a guy smiling and everything smelled okay. And you were in a properly air conditioned car or heated car where it was. It's the journey that you remember more than the fact that you got to your airplane on time. Exactly. And if we just go, I'm coming to your house, hey man, your water heater's fixed. Hey, your door's working. What's your problem? Well, my problem is you didn't show up when you're supposed to show up. You didn't call me, to tell me when you were. I'm sitting here waiting. I'm anxious. And in today's world, we're all about the technology and the world it is. Instant gratification. I don't care if you're on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, anything you do, we're all about instant gratification. And when somebody doesn't get there, do what they're supposed to do in the timeline that you thought was supposed to happen, then you're not happy. And even though you got to the airport in time, you wouldn't have been happy in the other one because you would have felt maybe this isn't right. Maybe this car wasn't like I thought it would be. Maybe the journey just wasn't worth it. Exactly.
0: You know, I love that you were able to, you know, to tie that back. And it really does come down to customer experience. You just got to wow them. And you have to wow them each and every time. And if you're not, then you're basically doing your business a disservice. You're doing your employees a disservice. And certainly you're not helping things in terms of your customers. So, you know, the fact that you're able to bring that around full circle is absolutely amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Chris, can you please let everyone know where they can learn more about you and how they can reach out to you directly if they want to learn more?
1: Absolutely. I'm always willing to uh, put myself out there. Uh, my name is Chris. It's last name, Laldomia. There's not many of us out there. You can find me on LinkedIn there. You find me on Instagram. I'm under the handle of customer Freak. I actually even got a TikTok account where I'm putting out some little videos. Not all instructional, a lot of fun. But you can always find us at the And my email address is Chris at the trusted Reach out to me. I'd love to talk to anybody for 30 minutes about business and what I can do to probably help you or okay. maybe not help you, but I'll listen,
0: you know, what's really cool about it is that, uh you, you know, I firmly believe in this. It's even on the artwork of every podcast episode, you know, that I uh, put out there is pay, pay it forward, right? And, you know, just being able to, you know, take information and put it out there for anyone to enjoy, anyone to learn from. And if we can affect just one person with this conversation today, I think that uh, we've done a great job. So thank you so much for sharing that. And thank you for joining me on the show today.
1: All right. I enjoyed it, man. A lot of fun. I really had a lot of fun. I'm, I'm pumped up. I'm ready to go out and take over the world.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip
1: podcast. If you're a six
0: to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk.